Good morning, everyone. How good is it to see you? And mum and dad, before you get mad at me for not telling you I'm speaking this morning, I only found out yesterday because, as Jacob said, Nath um, is sick. And it's, it's pretty, oh, it's, it's not just your everyday sickness. It's something to do um, with a crystal imbalance in his life. And before you start looking for another church, it's not healing crystals or some sort of hippie crystal. But apparently in your ear, there's a couple of crystals. I, I shouldn't say too much about it because I really don't know. But if they get stuck in your fluid and you lose your balance, and he's finding it really hard at the moment with dizziness. He can't even look down and struggling to get out of bed. So um, as Jacob already has, I, I encourage each and every one of you just to keep um, Nath in your prayers this week. Pray for God's healing power that he can bounce back and be up and about sooner rather than later. We believe that God is all-powerful, that um, he's conquered death um, so that some little crystal isn't going to be an issue for him to solve. So let's make sure throughout the week, throughout your day, we're lifting Nath in prayer and for God's healing power to step in and make him whole so that he can be here at Rev Minis tomorrow making us all coffee. Well, not me and coffee, but me coffee, because I'll be going, because I am now a full-time dad. Well, for 10 weeks anyway, um, not too long, but it is great. It's not as hard as they make you believe. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I did say me, tell Megan I wasn't going to say that, but I've only got one kid, and he is beautiful, and he's an absolute treasure up the front there. Um, but anyway, now I've talked about me. Let's get into it. Um, in true relief teacher form, I thought we best start off with a little game. A little game to get started in our day, just to kill a bit of time. But who loves the who am I's that are on fantails? Yeah, J-Rad does, Mel does. They're better than the lolly sometimes, to be honest. But I've got another version called Hookipedia, right? And I'm just going to read from a Wikipedia page about someone that hopefully you'll know and as soon as you figure out who that person is, I just want you to shout it out as loud as you can, and we'll give you all of a round of applause, and it will be great. All right, first, Wikipedia. I am an Australian actor with both a British and Australian passport. I've received various awards, including two Tony Awards, a Grammy Award, bang. Hugh Jackman, that did not take long at all. Well done. A round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done, Dan. You kept up. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, qu the quicker the better. Then we can start eating lunch, I guess. All right. Last one, last one. I almost said the name just then. But another Australian meter personality. Inducted into the Hall Logie Hall of Fame. A quadruple... Gold Logie winner for entertainment on both TV, radio, and theatre. Bert Newton. Well done. That is over fast. That, good on you. Albert Newton. Well, that did not take long at all. Well done. Oh, this isn't staying on for me. So I wonder, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, if you were famous enough, to have your own Wikipedia page, what would be written on it? What would be used to define who you are? 
Would it be achievements? Maybe your career, where you live, your age, um, even who's in your family? But it's an age-old question, right? Who am I? What's my identity? What do I find myself in? I think this is quite an interesting question. And myself, I work with um, young people on a Friday night, and it's great to have three young people up here representing our high schoolers, Jimmy, Jude, and Josh, Triple J. But working with young people, you know, or I see this issue with identity, an identity crisis that goes through for young people. I was reading an article this week by Sarah Barrett, and she's talking about identity that Gen Z face. And she says, Gen Z is facing an unprecedented identity crisis. Every time I ask youth pastors or Christian leaders what they think is the biggest struggle for teens today, the answer is the same, identity. Teens are struggling to know who they are and if they matter. They ask themselves the questions, who am I, what determines my identity, and what is the purpose of my life? And now I know that this isn't just an issue that teenagers have. Talking to peers of mine, talking to even my family, people are often struggling to find where they fit, who they are, and how to define themselves. As you get older, I know some people that have had answers to this question of who they are, but it comes crashing down maybe after a change of job, a breakup with a partner, or losing someone close to them. The question of identity isn't just a problem for Gen Z, but it can be a problem for all of us. And if I face a problem, the first place I tend to go is Google, right? You chuck into Google, how do I fix this? How do I solve my identity crisis? How do I find out who am I? And if you were to do that like I did this week, Google gives you many answers, but it's all about one thing, looking inward to yourself. I'm not sure if you've tried any of these popular methods to find yourself, whether it be a personality test, meditation, or the one that's only do things that bring you joy, block out the negative noise. Now, none of these things are wrong or evil things to do. In fact, they can be quite helpful, but it can be quite difficult work as well. And it places the sole responsibility on finding yourself on yourself. It can be quite a burden, one that rather than bringing confidence in finding who you are can only lead to further stress. And there's some that are lucky enough to do the personality tests, do the meditations, and they find themselves, they find out who they are. But when something changes, a changing career, a partner breaking up with you, losing something close to you, it can all come crashing down. When I work with young people, I want them to build their lives on something that will never change, something that is today the same as it was yesterday and that it will be forever. And the answer that I have for that is Jesus. Jesus, we hear that God is the God that is today the same as he was yesterday in the beginning and the same evermore. And God has something to say 
about who you are. Now, if you've been around for long enough, these three points I'm going to share with you may not be something new, but I think it's something that we need to remind ourselves again and again. It is old news for some, but it's good news for all. It includes all of us, who we are, whether you've come to church your entire life, whether you know Jesus person, personally, whether you've never heard the name of Jesus, or it's your first time entering this building this morning. These three statements include you, no matter what. And the first one that I want to share with you today is that you are loved unconditionally. We are created by God and loved unconditionally. In John 3.16, John writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the entire world. I gave this little talk on Friday night at our youth group, and I asked each and every one of our high schoolers that came along to memorize this verse, to write it on their heart, to remember that they are loved by God. For God loved the entire world. That didn't just include those that love God back. It didn't just include those who know who God is, but it includes those that are struggling to find out their understanding of who God may be. It includes those that don't even know God exists. It includes those that strongly believe that he doesn't even exist. God loved the entire world, and he still loves the world now. It includes all of us. And there is nothing you can do to stop that. In a letter written to Christian and Jews in Rome by a guy named Paul, Romans 8, 38 and 39, Paul writes, For I'm sure, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing, zilch, zero. There is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you have done. There is nothing that you will be able to do in the future that can separate you from this love that God has for you. You are loved unconditionally. Now, the second thing that I want to tell you about who you are this morning is that you are a masterpiece. I asked our young people on Friday night if they've ever used the word masterpiece to describe something or someone, and I expected to get the answer no, right? But there was one young boy up the front that said, yeah, I watched a basketball game the other day. That was a masterpiece. And they sort of put me off for a little bit. But I take it that masterpiece isn't a word that we throw around often. Maybe if you're in an art gallery and you're looking at something that was painted a few hundred years ago and it has the details of incredible landscape or someone's facial expressions, you go, that is a masterpiece. But it's not a word that we throw around lightly. But this guy named Paul, in the Bible again, describes you as a masterpiece. In Ephesians 2.10, he writes, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us in you in Christ Jesus 
so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now that word is not used lightly, but it is true. That you have been made by God and made as a masterpiece. So no matter how you feel about yourself, no matter how you look, how you dress, if you're highly skilled or struggle to do the most simplest task, I want to tell you this morning that you are a masterpiece, God's masterpiece. And the final thing that I want to tell you today about yourself, that you are created in the image of God. Genesis 1, which tells the creation story of when God spoke creation in existence, when he made man, when he made human beings, in Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. God created you. And he didn't just create you as a, another leaf on the ground or bird in the sky or tree that grows. He created you as a human being and stamped you with his image with his likeness. God Almighty, the holy God that we sang about, the most powerful being in all creation made you. Another part of the Bible says he knit you together in your mother's womb. And he didn't just stop at creating you, but he stamped you with his image, in his likeness. That's Amazing, I think. It means that the person next to you bears the image of God. It means the person behind you, in front of you. We all bear the image of God, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And now, I don't know about you, but that gives me a new form of confidence. When I think I'm not good enough, when I've made mistakes or fell over and again, I can be reminded that I have the image of God on me. I am God's masterpiece. And I am loved unconditionally. But on top of that, this idea of having the image of God on you meant so much more to me 10 months ago when my little baby boy was born. Now we, me and my wife, we were in hospital for a long time that day at labor. It wasn't necessarily a hard time, but it was a long, long time. And eventually we went to the operating theater and after 36 hours, we don't, well, I'd only had one hour sleep. And we were tired, but then little Buddy appeared. And he wasn't in view of um, Megan, so she said, what does he look like? What, what, who is he? What does he look like? And I just, overwhelmed with emotion and love, I just looked at her and said, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. He looks just like me. And now, it sort of doesn't make sense. How could a baby look exactly like a fully grown man? But for some reason, I just saw myself in him. And that meant I had instant love. I didn't know how long it would take for me to fall in love with my child, but it was instant once I saw my image marked on that child. And that changed everything. It meant that all I want to do is protect that child, is to love that child, is to care for that child. 
So when we're walking the other day and the wind's blowing against his face and it's causing him to be upset, I will turn around and walk backwards for over a kilometre so the wind does not touch his face. It means that when we're at Waterworld and he's playing, splashing away in the water and a four-year-old punk walks up to him and gives him a little push, I don't care that I'm six foot two, a hundred kilos, I step in and whack that little boy. Okay, I didn't, Alison, I didn't, I didn't do that. But I stepped in to protect my son. So imagine, right, me, an imperfect human, a human that can be so selfish at times. When I see my image in Buddy, the love I have for him, the, how much I want to care for him, how much I protect for him, just imagine for a second that the perfect Father God, what He sees when He looks at you. What He sees when He looks at you and He sees the likeness that He gave you, when He sees His image on you. The perfect Father, how much He loves you. We know it's unconditional. The masterpiece that He sees in you and how much He cares for you and protects you and how desperately He wants you to know Him and you to have a relationship with him. The Bible tells us that God sent his only son for us. Jesus, God in heaven, came and moved into our neighborhood to be with us. That's how much God wants a relationship with you. That's how much God wants a relationship with me. That's how much God wants a relationship with all of us because he sees his image in you and he loves you. And now if this is something new uh, to you today, I encourage you to come next week. Enjoy the food that we're going to have for lunch. But come along. Join in at Rev Church. We're simply a group of people that meet together because we want to find out more about who this God is. We want to grow in relationship with Him. We want to know and feel the love that He has for us. We want to be reminded each and every week about how God sees us. And it is so much greater than what the world says or how the world feels about us. So please, if you're new here today, if you're struggling with the ideas, I invite you back. Become a part of our community. We'd love to see you as we continue to grow in relationship, as we continue to learn more about this God that loves us so much, that loves you so much, no matter what. Nothing can separate you from his love. He sees himself in you. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we, we, we're so thankful for who you are. God Almighty, we lift you up in praise. You are holy. And it is so amazing that you created us, not just as any piece of creation, but as someone that bears your image. Lord Jesus, I pray for each um, person here that throughout their week, they are reminded that they are a masterpiece. They're reminded of your unconditional love and remember that you care for them, that you want to protect them so they bear your image. Lord, please reveal yourself to 
us all. Holy Spirit, provide answers um, to any questions or doubts that we may have. I pray this in your great and mighty and holy name. Amen.